0: This week on The Girls Who Cried B-Horror, we discuss the shapeless pile of goo known as The Blob. Finally, a villain I can relate to. Nice. Thank nice. you. I'm a pile of goo! Somebody referred to The Blob
1: as their second day of their period, and I said...
0: Oh my god, that's disgusting. Delicious. Wow, we just lost <laughs> any listener we had. Bye! Gross. Yeah. The girls
1: who cried be horror Hey y'all, this month, we we both have done this now, we keep saying this week Oh, all the time But it's also because, listen, we do go hard with those mini-sodes So then it's honestly going to end up being, at least, well, no, actually For October, we're releasing something every week
0: Yeah, happy October, the best happy
1: month October. of the year
0: October, I'm so excited Oh my god Um <laughs> Can't get distracted. Get distracted. I know um, we could talk about Halloween for seven I know. hours. Nobody needs that. <laughs> but
1: yes, we were doing the Blob, the 1958 The Blob, not the 1988 The Blob. Yes. Um, neither of us had seen this before. We'd both seen the 1988, which mm-hmm. is God tier. Um, neither of us had seen the 50s one. Um, I I thought it was good. I mean, for being a 1950s B horror movie. I thought it was fun. Uh, did you enjoy it?
0: Yeah, I think it's very clear that this movie was kind of the template for so many movies that came after it. Mm-hmm. So just like for that, I respect it because it it really, if without The Blob, we would not have, like specifically, we would not have Killer Clowns from Outer Space.
1: Oh my God. Because
0: yes. the parallels between this film and Killer Clowns, it's like they completely ripped it off. It's hilarious. Um And, I mean, obviously, like, the remake of The Blob, but so just the structure of it and the, like, outer space creature mass of, like, nothing is... It's done so often since this movie, and I feel like it wouldn't have... So many movies wouldn't exist without this, so Mm -hmm. I respect. I mean, I don't think that it's something that I would really revisit. Um, And, I mean, it wasn't, like, scary or really that creative but i mean for what it was i enjoyed it i didn't love it i didn't hate it
1: i think i I had many notes on the killer clowns thing which Mm -hmm. in our killer clowns episode because neither of us had seen the original blob yet i think one of my fun facts for the episode was about how like they clearly spoofed or like pulled from were inspired by what the fuck ever you want to use um by the original blob um i just like, I'm sure they were, but like, I don't have any context for that because I haven't watched the original Blob yet. Mm-hmm. And now having watched this, it's like literally the opening is almost like shot
0: for shot. Oh, the yeah. The opening of Killer Clowns. They just like kind of remade it. And I'm like, all right, respect.
1: But yeah, I mean, I recently um, have been trying to get into like watching much earlier horror. Mm-hmm. Like, I know that I had recently watched the original Invisible Man. Um, House on Haunted Hill, mm-hmm. um, shit like that. Um, just because I was like, as a as a horror connoisseur
0: of sorts,
1: mm-hmm. I feel like I should broaden my horizons past my favorite, which is you know,
0: eighties 80s... eighties adventure films about twelve year old boys. Okay, ma'am. What? That's I'm your gonna aesthetic. To ask you to take it outside. That is your aesthetic. You can't get mad at me. <laughs> it
1: is. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. You know what? You're right. Um, But yeah, so I was, I mean, I was eventually going to watch this, but I'm happy that I did. Um, And yeah, kind of everything that you were saying, like it's nothing that like blew my mind, Mm -hmm. but I do think that like for a movie that was made in the fifties, not to like shit on the fifties because I will openly say that there are not a whole bunch of fifties movies that I've seen. So I'm not basing this off a whole lot. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was happily surprised
0: with how much I liked it, I guess. Like, yeah, that was a long time ago, but at the same time, like, 1960 was Psycho, and like, you can, make, you can make a movie as iconic as Psycho, and even, like, Peeping Tom in 1959, like, those are big movies that, like, I really respect and I think were super influential in, like, modern horror, so I think The Blob is can kind of be lumped in with all of those because, I mean, it did a lot for the genre, I think, but mm-hmm. at the same time, I... I, I like the other movies more because they push the envelope a little bit further than this does. Mm-hmm. Um, but what can you do? I mean, the sensibilities of heterosexual couples in the 1950s were really boring. <laughs> so, what are you going to do? Ah, oh, yes. But, let's see. Um, so, for I- anybody who wants to watch it, it is streaming. If you subscribe to HBO, it is on HBO Max. Um, and if you... Do not subscribe because you don't have money like me. It is on daily motion for free.
1: <gasps> That's where I watched it. Oh, of
0: course it is.
1: I love not having HBO.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's available though, and it's really quick. So I do recommend watching it. Um, we have discussed a bit between the two of us about our episodes, and we're just, you know, we're transitioning, we're adjusting as we go with each episode, trying to find the best format and the best flow that we can so we're not gonna go as in depth with the plot for this film um i feel like we're gonna take it what more like a mini-sode would you say
1: Uh, yeah i i think going forward
0: Mm -hmm. first of all once again
1: we are always so grateful for everyone that has listened because we understand that we're not famous yet (laughs) yet and um That it can be some dense sometimes, like horror or not, to listen to us go through the whole plot. I mean, we try to keep it lively. We try to keep it fun and not like, you know, a Wikipedia article. Mm -hmm. But we were kind of feeling like we're not going to fully throw that structure away. We're still going to get you through the plot of the movie because I know that there's some people that listen that – want to know what they're getting into before they watch or that they're never going to watch these movies and that's fine as well and they just want to hear us tell them what it's about and they're like good got it Um, we're just going to as Alex was saying like it isn't going to be as dense or in depth we're we're still going to get you there we're going to end up in the same place but we're going to try to focus more on probably what most people would prefer to listen to and mainly it's we don't care about our audience okay we hate you guys um (laughs) But mainly what we want to do, which is just, like, talking specifically about things in the movie that we found fun, interesting, stupid, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I said, we're, we're going to do that still in the process of giving you the lowdown on what's going on in this plot.
0: Yeah. I don't want it to be, like, a, like a college lecture about a movie. I want it, you to have yeah. a good fucking time, and I want to talk about the practical effects and the gore and the stupid fucking acting and lines that people have i want to talk about all the stupid shit that i like and not so much like the intricate oh my god i can't speak the intricate workings of the tribes and anaconda you know right like i don't i don't need to do that i'm not writing a thesis so i'd rather just talk about how the anaconda looks like a pussy. So you guys, Anaconda broke us. Like literally, literally that was it. Just to
1: our fucking
0: brink. Listen, like, I take to so, watch that and take notes. I take extensive notes every episode because the first episode we did, I was like, oh, I took extensive notes. And then Miss Anya came over here and she was like giving me minute details, and I was like, I'm not doing my job here. Fuck. So I started getting like really intense with it, and Anaconda was so dense that like the first 15 minutes of the movie, I think, took me an hour to get through, and I was like, I can't. I don't know how – I can't – I can't sustain this. This is painful to me. So. And it's so funny because uh, I'm sure someone who watches Anaconda would be like, you guys, it's not that complex. I I know.
1: But the whole thing is just, like, we were like, this is so dumb. Mm -hmm. Like, we get that, like, there's a good amount of B-horror movies and B-movies in general that are, quote-unquote, dumb. But, like, this was, like, different. This is a different kind of dumb, like a painful dumb. And that's what
0: made it so fucking hard. Yeah, well, it's like if I'm going to be explaining the plot to you and it's super convoluted, I need to understand it, like, forward and backwards so I can speak Mm -hmm. about it. And I wish we had just been like, it's about a big fucking snake, you know? So there's this movie, it's got J-Lo and a (laughs) big-ass snake. That's about it. And an awful accent from John Voight. God. So good. (sighs) Well, moving forward, now that they... Mm -hmm. I've heard us try to plead our case. Um, <laughs> do you want to give me some fun facts? You know, I I do. Them. I don't have an enormous amount of facts, um, okay. but I, I do have some. So let's see. Well, as we've said, it's 1958. I couldn't find a rating on it, so I'm assuming this was prior to the MPAA, but I cannot confirm nor deny. Um, I mean, I'm sure it is because wasn't Tourist Trap before that? No, Tourist Trap was... I remember it was rated PG, but that was, like, 1970. Because I remember Tourist Trap is the only slasher film that is rated PG. I'm sure... I'm honestly sure that Blah was rated PG. I mean, it would be, just based on the the gore content and all that shit. So, yeah. if it was rated, I think it would be rated PG. Um, but let's see. So, this film is starring the infamous Steve McQueen, very famous... Um, I don't know a ton about Steve McQueen, to be perfectly honest, because his genre of films he made were not really my cup of tea. Mm -hmm. Um, So, like, I know who he is, but I also don't really know much about him. Um, Mm -hmm. This movie is the last time that he is credited as Stephen McQueen, which was weird to see. Um, But it's also his very first leading role in a film, because before this he was doing mostly just, like, TV roles, and he had done... One film where he was a supporting character, so this is his first time, like, being the lead, you know, in charge, taking, taking control of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but from everything I've read, he was very difficult to work with, and the director had, like, a lot of problems with him. And even after the fact, he refused for years to even talk about The Blob because he hated it so much. What the so, fuck? I don't know. I'm, like, kind of getting the vibe that Steve McQueen was, like, a pain in the ass. Um so, that's not great because I feel like he's iconic. But well, that
1: reminds me of um, oh my god, I cannot think of the actor's name. I'm gonna look it up while I'm talking. Um, the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which mm-hmm. incredible, love it. Um, but the actor, what is his name? The actor that plays Rocky in the Rocky Horror Picture Show, you which mean, Tim is Tim Curry.
0: What? Wait. Did you say Tim Curry is Rocky? Which one's Rocky? I haven't seen it in f- literally like twelve years. Girl. Tim Curry is Frank Frank okay, okay. I, I do Tim not know any of your names. Hinwood. I only know Janet. <laughs> okay Yeah, I do. Um
1: but he like has this thing where like he like it doesn't act anymore. He like lives in like Europe or something. I don't fucking remember. I used to know like when I first got into Rocky Horror back in like early high school and I was Mm -hmm. like obsessed with it um I watched it like religiously went to so many live shows of it I can't even get into it Uh, I'm jealous I've only seen it one
0: time and I don't remember like anything one time in high school I think oh my god that's so wild
1: because I literally have seen it at least 20 times
0: I know it's a big one in my like it's a big blind spot for me because I I really like the soundtrack, and I really I, – I liked it a lot when I saw it, but I don't know. It was just always one that I kind of just never watched for some reason. There's really no, like, rhyme or reason for it. Um, And it's something something I've been meaning to rewatch for, like, the last few years, but continue. Well,
1: not to dwell on it, because I'm sure it's going to be one that I make us do for this podcast oh, please, <laughs> eventually.
0: Um, but,
1: naturally, Rocky, Peter Hinwood, um – I used to know more about this, but essentially like he stopped acting whatever. And like, because there's like huge Rocky horror fans, it's like a huge cult following. Mm -hmm. um, If they would meet him or whatever, like he would just be like, he would like not want to talk about Rocky horror picture show. Like cool. Like the only thing he really ever did, like truly the only thing. And it's something that people love. Like it's like people are Mm -hmm. like mocking him like, Oh my God, you're Rocky. And he's fine as fuck as Rocky. So it's just, like, people are coming up to you being, like, hi, like, you are so fucking hot. Like, I love you.
0: You did great work. And he's like, don't talk to me about that. I don't understand that. Like, why would you even want to do something? Like, why would you want to make a movie if then you're going to act like... Leave me alone about it. I don't want to talk about it.
1: Well, that's... You know, I think about that sometimes because I'm just like... I get if it was, like, a really bad experience. Like, if you think right. of something like Megan Fox and, like, Michael Bay or some right. shit, right? Where I'd be like, I would get if this bitch was like... I don't actually want to call her a bitch because I love her and I adore her and I would die for her. When I say bitch, I never mean it really in a nasty way. <laughs>
0: that really I'm took seriously. a
1: turn. You would die for Megan Fox. I literally would. um She's so beautiful
0: and intelligent and amazing. Um, anywho... But yeah, I feel it's like, it's very similar to like fucking Mark Wahlberg being like, I wish I never did Boogie Nights. I apologize for Boogie Nights. I'm like, why? Shut the fuck up. If you didn't have Boogie Nights, man, that is like your greatest performance. (laughs)
1: Like, I I apologize uh, for Boogie Nights. Chief, why don't you apologize for like almost beating that guy to death?
0: Yes, seriously. Why don't you apologize for fucking Patriots Day? Like Boogie Nights? Are you kidding me? (laughs) Boogie Nights and fear are like his two greatest things he's ever done when I was
1: also another tangent when I was younger like truly once again like back in like probably like late middle school early high school Marky Mark Mark Wahlberg I had like such a crush on him I don't even know from what like I literally am trying to I'm struggling to remember like what I saw him in that I liked him so much it might have mm-hmm. just been those like fucking underwear photo shoots probably for, like Calvin Klein, Like honestly ooh, so good sorry so was, Greg like, <laughs> th- there was like a piece the, there was a part of time where I was like oh, Marky Mark I love him and then when I got older and like like I learned the kind of person he was mm-hmm. It's like something that I am ashamed of And well, I'm just, it's and always also, so- just like the He's like the exact kind of like Bostonian mm-hmm. That I'm like oh, I hope you get hit by a fucking car And that's not me trying to talk shit on Boston or People that are from Boston I lived in Boston Listen I'm I, born
0: and raised in Boston Fucking talk yeah. shit they suck
1: And I love you, but it's just, like, there are specific kinds of Bostonians that I know you know, and I know other motherfuckers that have even been to Boston for a day, you fucking know. Then I'm just like, shh, oh my god. Get, go away.
0: Ugh, you make my skin crawl. I'm from Cambridge, okay, and I consider that very different than Boston, because I hate Boston, I hate going into Boston, I hate the people who are in Boston. I'm not, I'm not a fan of the city. I like the outer cities, I like Cambridge, I like where I live, I like... You know, it's – you know, the squares, they're fun, they're nice. Boston itself is, like, just – everyone's so mad all the time, and they're always drunk, and I don't like it. I'm not Literally. A fan. Like, I lived in the North
1: End, and that's not me trying to be – That sounds like a nightmare. It was a nightmare because you would think, like, oh, well, first of all, like, let me go on America and tell you all right now that my parents paid my rent while I was in uh, college, which I is a privilege and I am very grateful for. Um And in hindsight, I really wish that I just, like, lived somewhere else that was Mm -hmm. further away and that was less money. Um, Because living in the North End, for as glamorous as it sounds, I lived in a fucking shoebox. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was my nightmare because it was the Mecca of the exact kind of fucking Bostonians that I cannot fucking stand. And, like, literally every day leaving my apartment or coming back to my apartment, the second I hit the North End, there was not a feeling of being like, finally I'm, like, back in my space back in my little home area, I was like, fuck, I gotta, like, get in my apartment as quick as possible. And not even because I was like, oh, I felt I was in danger or anything like that. I was just, like, literally being around these fucking scumbags. makes me feel ill and dirty like that's why one of the many reasons i loved working at the theater because i was like oh my god an excuse to be away from the fucking north end hallelujah like get me there y'all want me to work extra hours sure fucking thing
0: the only like, good ugh. thing about the north end is mike's pastry and now they're like all over so i don't have to go all the way to the north end to get myself a fat ass i was a
1: bovis girl see i know i've never hours. been there but Anywho, okay. not to continue yeah. on this Boston tangent Please. Shout out to all our Boston fans <laughs> <laughs> um, But yeah, um, I don't The mentality, yeah, it's like a weird thing where I, I guess I could see both ways Where I just feel like, well if it's a movie that like Maybe, like If it's something like we talked about in our Jaws episode Where, well, who would I say it was? Richard Dreyfus Was kind of like talking smack on Jaws
0: mm-hmm.
1: But then clearly It's like literally one of the biggest movies Greatest movies of all time It's considered that But like obviously now I'm sure he loves him. He will bring Jaws up. Right. Which is like, maybe, maybe, right after you made it, if it was like, oh, this is like a shit show, Mm -hmm. it's not performing well, whatever, maybe I can understand being like, oh, God, I don't want to talk about this. This is embarrassing. But two things. One, if down the road then it's like clearly a cult classic or it's a huge following or it's greatly admired and loved, why would you not want to be praised or talk about it and also I just feel like it is kind of shitty it's like one thing for like us people that like are not in movies are currently making movies or anything like that to like pass our judgment on movies or whatever but if, like, if it's your art and you were part of that project and that process in which you like I mean movies are a, a, a team sport they always are so like you whatever part you played you played that part with a bunch of other people and creating this piece of work whether it's good or it's not and i just feel like that was a bunch of time you spent with a lot of people and an experience and then for you to just kind of like shit on it by being like yeah i'm not gonna talk about it mm-hmm. like i don't know it's just like once again i guess if you had like a really shitty experience on the set or with people you worked with maybe i get it but it's just like i don't know it just feels like rude to the people that like all worked together to make this piece of work for you to be like when you're the fucking star to be like, no, I'm not going to talk about that. Listen, like, okay,
0: get over yourself. If Robert Pattinson can fucking promote five Twilight movies there and have and like show his disdain for them as he's like going on tour marketing them, you can do anything, okay? He hated those movies, and I had such a good time watching him promote it or in all the commentary on them. If you've ever listened, it's just him being like, "This scene's so stupid. I don't really like know like what I'm doing here. It's so fun." I feel like that's the attitude. If you're, like, really that miserable, then just tell me you're miserable while you're making
1: you can, it. You can be self-critical. Like, yeah. obviously, obviously, it comes into the play of, like, you know, I'm sure he didn't love Twilight as a story or shit like that, or at least how it was made, what the fuck ever. But, like, at least with him, for the most part, it comes across as being, like, self-critical. and Like, oh, boy, yeah. That's just so cringe. Which, like, we all do that. But, like, he still was there. He still talk about it. Yeah. I don't see him as somebody that if you brought up Twilight in an interview or something, he'd be like... I don't want to talk about that. Don't talk about that. I would probably like, laugh Panson. and be like, LOL, yeah, because, like, Twilight really put that motherfucker on
0: the map. Mm-hmm. He's my new Jared Padalecki for this episode. Robert Pattinson? Yes, I love Robert Pattinson. Have you watched
1: The Devil All the Time yet?
0: No, I haven't. I mean, I watched fucking Tenet, unfortunately, and lost three hours of my life, but well, I'm I am happy to say to... that even though I have not seen Tenet, Devil All the Time is better than Tenet. Well, I think almost anything this year is better than Tenet so. Damn, we're coming in with the hot takes this episode. She hated Ten and everybody.
1: We um, didn't gather.
0: Um, okay, back to do my second fun fact. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing that we're breaking down all this dense plot description so that we can just talk we about have talk, Rob we talk Pattinson. About nothing. <laughs> Alright, second fun fact for you. Um, so, I think a big reason why we are considering this film a B-horror is because of the fact that it had a very low budget um, and, you know, it was not like a big studio production um but you know they've they've debated over the years from what i've read about how much the budget actually was and the consensus is that they think it was around $110,000 which if you think about it like that seems low $110,000 to make a movie but i did the inflation because i was curious and mm-hmm. today that's like a million dollars damn so i don't know why they think that that's like oh it was so low to do 110,000 like that's a lot of money a million dollars but to each their own so that's how much it costs um this is a direct quote because I didn't really know a better way to paraphrase so I'm just going to read the quote um the actual blob which is a mixture of red dye and silicone has mm-hmm. never dried out and it's still currently kept in the original five-gallon pail in which it was shipped to the production company in 1958. So the blob lives. Where? I don't know. It's, it's in the big five-gallon bucket. It just still exists. It's still, like, Wait, have and weird. I to
1: know where this
0: blob is. I, don't, I mean, I know where it came from. It gave me, like, the company name, but I don't know currently oh, where I'm it gonna is located. I'm going to do some research after this. I yeah, the, the blob is alive and well, so you never know. Um, That's so funny. I know. That I love it, it never
1: dried out. No, it's like
0: a weird old play doh. I love it. Oh my god, the
1: absolute oh, intense desire <laughs> to find this fucking bucket of the blob and just <laughs> stick my hand into it. Oh yeah, make a despite fart noise everything out of it. that I've seen.
0: Uh, yeah, that sounds fun. <laughs> um, let's see. Um, so there's a scene in the movie where the doctor tries to kill the blob with acid. And mm-hmm. he he says what kind of acid it is. I decided not to say the kind because I, I don't want to butcher it. But my brain thought hydrochloric acid when I first mm-hmm. heard it. Some kind of, like, acid that would burn it, you know? Right. Um, but in reality, the acid that they're speaking about is a very weak acid that is used primarily to treat genital warts. Oh. So, yeah, it's very 50s of them to think that that kind of um I mean medicine would would kill an outer space creature.
1: Maybe they thought the blob was some
0: giant mutated genital wart. Oh my god, I it's mean, it just an S T D. It not look like that. I mean it's not to scale, but maybe that's what a genital genital wart looks like. I wouldn't know. Yeah. I don't know. But Sorry, I don't want to know. You have no background in that. Uh, I'm just yeah. <laughs> I'm so pure. I don't know about warts. Um, my last and favorite fun fact for you is that this movie had two alternate titles um, other than The Blob and they're both good. Um, The first one was when it was being written. It was titled The Molten Meteor. Okay. Which is fun. I like alliteration. But honestly, my personal favorite and I am kind of mad that they changed it to The Blob but due to copyright issues because there was already something called this, they couldn't but it was going to be the glob, the glob, the glob. I love it. It's so. I weird. Love that you're like. Oh, wish it wasn't the blob. Wish it was the glob. And yeah, like, the it's gl- not the same exact thing. No, the glob is just so much funnier to me. I love it. The Glob. I've never heard like it's such a weird fucking word. The glob. I love it. You don't like it? You're team glob. I'm team blob. Uh, blob reminds me more of like I don't know. Neither of them are like fucking words. I don't know. Glob, like, just, sounds glob
1: like... just reminds me of like food, like, like put a glob of something on your plate. Yeah, it reminds
0: me of like sour cream. Yeah,
1: where like blob to me, and maybe it's because of the blob that I yeah. feel this way, because it's already just like been like in my brain, it's just like blob to me sounds
0: like a creature, I don't know. Right, because if you didn't have the blob as a film, the word blob wouldn't mean anything to you. Just think of the domino effect if it had been called
1: the glob, how everything would be different today.
0: I know. It's crazy. So much.
1: We can't even talk about it. (sighs) Well, those are my very brief fun facts for you. Well, fantastic. Should I start guiding us through this plot?
0: Yes. Bear bear with us, because I don't know how we're going to do this, but... I think it's going to be fine. I think we got it.
1: Okay. So, the blob, it's... First of all, the runtime is, like, only 80 minutes, so it's truly so quick to the point. But, um... It starts out with our two main leads, Jane and Steve, happy couple. They're kissing in their car. And as we said in our Killer Clowns episode and at the beginning of this episode, it is very similar to the Killer Clowns opening. You know, kids making out, they're like talking, blah, blah. It's like very like, you got that like 1950s melodrama laced in there, whatever. Like if you didn't know any better from this opening, you wouldn't think it was a horror movie. Um, and then of course, what's that in the sky? A meteor. So then, of course, the two kids, we're going to go find the meteor. And then literally almost shot for shot, like killer clowns, Mm -hmm. when the old man and Pooh Bear find the tent, (laughs) this old guy. Although, thank God, he keeps his dog inside. He doesn't let the dog come with him. Um, He... Also sees the meteor because it lands in his backyard, and he goes out and he looks at it and he pokes it with a stick, which I think we talked about once again in our Killer Ponds episode. But it also reminded me, of course, of the Creep Show. Yes, segment. me too. Yeah, Stephen
0: King. Yeah, which
1: obviously is inspired by this because um, mm-hmm. it came much later. Um, but you know, cracks open the meteor, and then there's this, like kind of like play, like not even flayed like it's like gooey black ball inside so of course he's just like shoving the stick into
0: it and well, then when he picks it up what i was gonna say the whole time to me it just the meteor itself was like very small and yeah it just looked like a Ferrero Rocher candy <gasps> and then and then it broke open and then there was like a ball inside i was like yeah there's the hazelnut wow wait holy fuck mm-hmm a i know i'm Rocher in shape from
1: space
0: yeah we need
1: to market that. I don't know how, but we need to market it.
0: Good. Done. I work on it.
1: Genius. Fucking genius. Um. But that's so funny to me. Wow. Um, but yeah, then he like picks it up and then suddenly it's like this like I don't even know what kind of uh, like semen type goo. No, what? <laughs> it's like clear <laughs> and weird and like whitey. I don't
0: even know. No. <laughs> No, it's like, um, I don't know, it's like, a, it reminds me of, like, a big snot. Sure. It's very snotty, it's very, like, it's just, like, clear goo. I don't, I mean, yeah, I don't really know how else to explain it's just, like, goo that I feel like you could stretch, you know? It seems, like, very 90s of, like, a goo you would, like, throw on the wall. You um, know? I feel like it's, I don't know,
1: it's, like, sloppy. It, it, you're it's not it's like it looks like it's
0: not. I wrote it looks like a big bug. <laughs> <laughs> My notes are oh. going really well. Um, I also want to just make note before I forget um, because you were saying that you know this entire opening sequence is like like cut like beat for beat what killer clowns does. Mm -hmm. With like the couple and the old man and the dog and everything, but also even before that in the opening credits, it has its own theme song. What you didn't hear that? I mean, maybe it's not on Daily Motion, but it was. We have it on Criterion, and it's the menu song. And when it opened for us, there's like a full like it's the Blob, and it's like a whole song written about the Blob, and it's like it creeps, it does this, it does whatever, and it's like. I
1: totally did not get this on the Daily Motion.
0: Yeah, it's 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 a good song, and apparently it was like a big hit in at the time. But it has like a full song about like the Blob, and this is all the things that it does. It's like me at the club going after the DJ. can you play the Blob theme song. (laughs) You fucking would. I would. Of course. Oh my god. We should put that on any Halloween playlist that we might have. Wait,
1: you're fucking right. It's a good song. I I need to put the Killer Clowns theme
0: on my playlist. Okay making note of this to do so even offer. even more just like again and like you said with creep show like the stephen king segment of creep show is very similar so it, i really feel like so many movies have been deeply inspired by this movie because i don't think that creep show segment would exist without the blob i don't think that killer sounds would not. exist without the blob i mean so many like even like slither like so many movies where it's like Oh, something from space falls, some stupid idiot touches it, they get infected. That's the plot. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like this created, like, a whole new fucking subgenre of horror. So it's mm-hmm. iconic. Yeah. I yeah. mean,
1: there's no other way to put it.
0: Mm-hmm. But then,
1: you know, as you said, you know, your basic, like, oh, he's fucking around with this shit. And then it's like, Shrp! gets on right onto his hand, like a big old gooey mitten. And he's, like, screaming and pain and blah, blah. And, of course, the young couple that was driving to find it, he runs out in front of their car. And they're, like, well, we have to help him. Which was so funny to me because it might have been Steve that says it. But he's, like, it's my he's, like, they're, like, get me all guy okay in the car. They're going to take him to see the doctor. And he's, like,
0: boy, I hope the doctor's in Immediate cut to the doctor being like, "Well, going home for the night." Yeah, there's also um, a line where they're trying to help him, and he, and Steve is like, "What's also interesting that his name is Steve. It's very helpful to me." Um, mm-hmm. But he's like, "Let me try to get it off you." And the guy goes, "No." And Steve goes, "Okay." And these, just, it's just there's so many moments where everything is just really nonchalant. And they're just like, "Yeah, okay," and they move along. And I'm like, "Well, I'm yeah, we'll
1: get to it." Because there's like a whole point when you're so like, much.
0: "Y'all, there's a crisis." I feel like happening, and they're yeah. just like,
1: "Fucking." Goofing Oh yeah um, But yeah So then of course They get to the doctor's office Just in time Before he leaves Dr. Hallen Who looks very much Like Atticus Finch
0: He did I thought the same thing I was like Is that Gregory Peck Is that um, It's not
1: But While Also make note While they're getting To the doctor's office They do like I guess like
0: Cut off this other car People are like Not drive around them really even I feel like they do Like a very legal Like passing Oh situation. yeah <laughs> But it's, but like, it's the 50s like, How dare you
1: It's these, like, bad boys, which I only have two of their names. There's, like, the main guy named Tony, and then there's the blonde friend in the red shirt named Mooch. Mooch? I don't know what the
0: third guy's name was. Let me tell you, I wrote the three loser idiots. Jesus (laughs) Christ. (laughs) Well, because they piss me off, because, like, the first thing that they say is, like, ah, who do you think you are passing me like that? That's not going to fly. And I'm like, oh, I don't like these idiots. At all. Okay, see I love them, but I'll get to that. Wait, them. am I surprised? It's not because I'm attracted to them, so mm. don't even try to fucking read me. Uh-huh. Too late.
1: <laughs> I swear to god I'm not. Okay. Um I feel like you think that I'm lying and I'm
0: not <laughs> <laughs> No, I believe you, it's fine.
1: Um But anywho, they drive past me and, like you're saying, they're like, What the fuck? And it's like I'm sorry they were just driving normally and they are right. like i love the idea that's like no one is ever allowed to pass me <laughs> on the road <laughs> um but anywho so they get that's just in time they bring the guy in it literally what i said it looked like because like essentially they bring the dude in and he's like hiding his hand and the doctors like asking all these questions and they're like i don't know he just ran out in front of the car um and he like shows them the hand and it mm-hmm. literally kind of looks like if you like took a fruit roll up and like stuck your hand through it, sort of, so it was like encasing your hand, and then threw on some jelly on
0: top of it. Gross! Like that's what it looks like. It is pretty good. I mean, it, I I also read that as the um as the film went, it started off as like a like we said like a clear booger, and then yes. as the film goes, they kept adding red dye to it because the whole like premise there is that the more people it consumes, the redder it gets from like all of their blood and organs yes um, so it gets significantly redder as the film goes on too which i think is fun right um
1: but so the doctors then like he, he wants them to go out back where they found the guy see if they can find anything else it'll help them figure out what the hell this thing is and then this is when not one actually gets that true so then what what i was about to say what i just said about what happened in the plot is true um they go out to their car, you know, Steve and... What the fuck did I say her name was? Jane. Oh my god, Jane. Such a plain Jane name, it's so easy to forget. I know. Um... But outside, who is waiting, but the bad boys, and Tony, lead bad boy, is, like, giving Steve shit about, like, cutting them off. But the way that they're talking, like, it feels like your classic, like, this guy's a bad guy, or, like, a bully, mm-hmm. and he's gonna give Steve shit. And he, like, sort of is, and he's, like, calling Steve the king for, I guess, like, passing him on the road. <laughs> like, it, like, as if they were racing.
0: Um, Honestly, stakes then, for things were so high in the 50s. Like, it's, I know. it's not that serious.
1: But, essentially, through this conversation, they're, like, you know, like, they're not going to leave Steve alone until, like, he races him again. So, they get in this whole agreement through their
0: conversation that they're going to race backward, like, through this stoplight yeah. or whatever. Listen, so, I have I have a problem with, I mean, just, it's specifically in films, but, I, I mean, it doesn't really ever happen in real life because people are not stupid, but I, and I know Greg has the same problem because we talk about it sometimes, where, like, I don't like movies where the conflict Arises because someone just couldn't communicate properly.
1: Oh, my God. You know, like,
0: yeah. like, I remember the last thing that we talked about, like, was that new movie Lovebirds that had come out this year with, like, Kumail and – um, oh, what's her name? Please help me. Issa Rae. Thank you, Issa Rae. Um, where, like, they, like, hit the guy, and then they can't just explain what happened to someone. Yeah. So, like, then they're on the run, and it's like – it would have taken two seconds to just say something. So, like, this whole scene irritated me because all they had to say was – Oh yeah An old man ran out In front of our car We had to take him To the doctor Like we had to help him That's all you had to say And then they would have been like Okay I'm not but mad the thing at is, you But like, it doesn't
1: even feel like Steve is like Struggling to say it It's like He doesn't even care to say it
0: Right Just explain it, it, yourself it,
1: it, Steve doesn't even register What's happening As a conflict Right Like he's just like And like fucking Jane You would think that Like her character would be like Come on Steve Blah blah mm-hmm. And she's just like Do 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 Just Steve and the boys Right. Like, she does not care at all. Um, like, so it feels like there's just, like, such low conflict mm-hmm. for a lot of this. Where like, in a normal movie, whether it be in the 50s or, like, so, like anything else where, like, this basic, like, kind of character types. You'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, this is the perfect formula for this to happen. And it's not like it subverts it in a way where it's like, oh, my God, wow, that was cool. It's just, like, nothing happens. Like, there's just, like, no conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, but they race. Steve is, you know, and, so, like, this is where I, I started to sort of like, and I don't even think this is it yet, but Steve is actually being, like, such a little flirt because, like, he outwits them in this race by, like, stopping before the light so then they're, like, stuck at a red light. I don't give a fuck. Um, and he's, like, blowing them kisses and shit like that. And I was, like, I mean, I know that he's doing it to be, like, an asshole mm-hmm. and to antagonize them, but I was, like... <laughs> Why do I, like, want them to date? Um, LOL, is it just me? Yeah, it's just you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then, of course, we have to get very much, like, killer, well, yeah, actually pretty much, like, killer clowns. We get our cop
0: character who saw the whole thing,
1: comes over to give Steve shit, he's, um, but he's, like,
0: the nice cop. It's the same thing as Killer Clowns, because Dave is the cop in Killer Clowns, too. Is it really? Yeah. Oh my god, you're so right. That's so funny. And in Killer... I mean, it's the same premise of, like, in this movie, you have Dave, who's the, like, kind of understanding, like, younger police officer who will help them, and then they have the sergeant who's, like, really, like, hates the teens and thinks that they're out to get him, like, personally and will not help. It's the exact same plot. It is. And was something I
1: found interesting, which is, like, interesting, but, like, I don't know, purposely so, because I don't care mm-hmm. about, like, you know, cop rankings or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, like, you're saying, like, I assume, because, like, usually it's usually the nicer, younger one mm-hmm. that's, like, a lower ranking. But I think Dave, the nice cop, was ranked higher because he was a lieutenant, yeah. which yeah. I, it, these words mean nothing to me, but just, like, then based on their relationship, Because then the cop that's kind of like, (coughs) excuse me, y'all. Jesus. (laughs) The cop, um, Jim, who's kind of like the hard-ass, hates kids, doesn't believe anything. He's the sheriff, which to me, I'm like, okay, the sheriff is the highest ranking. And that might be correct.
0: It's not sheriff, it's sergeant.
1: I'm pretty sure it's sheriff.
0: No, it's sergeant. Because he's listed on as a character. Oh, wait, is he? No, you're right. He's sergeant. Yeah. Right. Because I always thought lieutenant was below sergeant because my dad was a lieutenant of a fire department. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's. I mean, it's weird because sergeant has, like, such an authority behind it where right. you would think, like, sergeant is, like, the guy who's in charge, but a lieutenant is above a sergeant.
1: Right. So that's the difference in the, the power dynamic there yeah. is that Dave does mm-hmm. have authority over Jim. Right. Um. But then, you know, blah, blah. blah like, he lets them go. He lets, you know... Gives him a, a slap on the wrist. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this... Okay, this is the scene where I was like, now I like the bad boys. Because <laughs> they, like... After you have this whole conversation with the cop, Steve and Jane drive off, like, up the road. And there the bad boys are waiting, pulled off the road. Steve pulls off with them. Like, so at this point, you're like, well, if he didn't like these guys or was trying to get rid of them, he would just keep driving. No, mm-hmm. No, pulls off. And they're all just, like immediately they're all like chummy with each other yeah they're best friends now oh my god and it's just like in a way where you're like oh was i supposed to know that like what because like they're like hey what's going on and they're like oh you know dave pulled us over what the fuck ever (laughs) and like then they just like start talking and like reminiscing about how Talking about Jim, the shitty cop before I meet him, about how like oh yeah like he was giving us shit the other night for like pulling this prank and blah blah, and he's like you know and then they start talking about how they're gonna go to the spooky show at the theater. oh
0: my god it's my favorite,
1: Ugh. like of course like some midnight showings of some horror movies so they can like protect some girls in the balcony but like and they're like you know f- like teasing Jane but like in a playful way and she's like smiling and like it's literally just like their pals to the point where like Steve's like oh well like I totally fucking forgot like we're actually supposed to be doing something right now <laughs> like we got to go like check out where this fucking old guy came from and he's like do you guys want to come with and that's when they're like oh we're going to the theater and he's like just come with us and you guys can go afterward literally like just me and my pals hanging out this I had guy so that, much- like
0: Ugh. yeah go ahead but at
1: this point I was like okay I guess they're friends and like I guess I'm I like that they're, like, not harassing them, and they're, like – Like, I kind of was, like – I kind of love that they're, like, secretly pals, and I guess, like, all this shit at the beginning was just, like, them being, like, frenemies, but not even frenemies because, like, they're just kind of fully friends.
0: Yeah, I think that you know what was what reminded how, me of how men, like, mess with each other in the 50s, I guess. They just, like, give each other a hard time. at all. I don't either.
1: But you know what it reminded me of because I have been um, – now in LA with my two lovely roommates who are actually the hosts of our sister podcast Dearly Departed. Um, We promote them a lot because they're amazing and you should listen to them. Um, But anywho, we've been watching because they love this show and I've never seen it, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm -hmm. Um, Only on season two, episode three. So no spoilers, please. But Cordelia, That character from Buffy, who in, like, season two, after the ending of the first season, is, like, sort of a part of their gang now, and, like, sort of their friend. Like, they still, like, give her shit, and she still gives them shit, but, like, they are sort of pals. Like, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Interesting. Where it's, like, you know, we do hang with different crowds, and, like, I am gonna give you shit, but, like, at the end of the day, like, I'll still help you out, and, like, be your friend,
0: I guess. See, I feel like I would take it in a more personal route where like Trevor is our uh, group of dumb idiots. Where like Who is Trevor? We like so give Trevor tre- is the bad boys. Yeah, we give Trevor shit all the time, and I'm always harassing him, but he's my friend. Okay. Love you, Trevor. Hope hope you hope you like that. He's gonna be like, what? Oh my
1: god. Um but anyway, so then, yeah, they all go and investigate, and it's just, like, them finding the meteor, um, tossing around, like, a hot potato, um, and then they hear the dog barking, which, thank you, Christ, we don't have a Pooh Bear situation, mm-hmm. because the dog is okay, and it's truly the cutest little dog, because, like, they hear the dog barking, they go up to the little guy's house, they open the door, and it's, like, so timid. It's so like, sweet. slowly walking out, like hello where's my dad and it's so fucking cute Um, and then they get to that point where the gang splits up because like Jane and Steve with the dog they take the dog with them thank you um, are like well we're gonna go back to the doctor and like tell them that we found like a meteor or whatever
0: and the other boys are like well gotta go to the spooky show see you later it's Um, so good because even when we eventually get to the theater it says on the marquee like spook show and i wish that everything was advertised as being a spook show because i love it like i always refer to movies as being like spooky or spoopy and like oh let's watch a spooky movie but Mm -hmm. to have like 1950s like bros being like yeah we're gonna go see a spooky show like so genuinely with no irony i oh i was dead i loved it it was my favorite um (sighs) do you wanna yeah sure continue from here Um, so one thing that happens, just, like, they intercut it a little bit before they go and find the comet, is that we get, like, one more quick shot of the doctor's office, um, Mm. where the doctor, um, he calls the nurse that is, uh, like, on call, I'm assuming, or something, and he's saying, like, I need you to come over here, there's a parasite, I can't figure out what's going on, and we see in the background that, like, underneath the blanket that they've covered the old man with, there's, like, a lot of movement, and you're like, okay, something's happening with the blob. So... The nurse arrives, and they discover that the old man has disappeared. They don't know where he is. Although, it's, like, a very small office. They can't seem to find him. Um, well, it's, like, it's his house, too, they said. He, like, lives is it? there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that that makes sense. I feel like that's on brand for the 50s. But we pretty quickly find the blob, which has now grown to be pretty big. And it's, it's just a big old booger on the ground. And it's red, and the old man is gone. And rightfully so they're they're like what the fuck is this so they decide to throw the genital wart acid on it which does truly nothing there's like a moment of like weird little 50s um like special effects where it like throws it on it and it turns like yellow and then disappears
1: Mm -hmm. um and
0: then the obvious next rational thought is to grab a shotgun because a bullet will stop a booger i guess Um, It's just so funny because
1: Nurse Kate throws the acid on it, mm -hmm. and she's like, "Oh my god! Like nothing will kill it!" Like (laughs) you tried one thing, and it's just like this literal gelatin. Yeah, like it's literally like shooting a bullet at Jello. Yeah, like I, I I guess like because it's like alive. Mm -hmm. Like there's a sense to a degree of, like, well, maybe shooting it will hurt it or kill it. But I don't know. I think like in my head, if I just saw something that looked like a big old ball of, like, jelly, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be like, you know what's going to work? Not the
0: acid. A bullet. Right. Like, that would be the last thing I would go for. Right. Because we're in America. They went for a gun. Um, and as he's going to get the gun, I don't know even, like, what happens. She falls down and she, like, knocks all the lights out in the entire room. And the blob eats her. R.I.P. You know, not not a massive loss. Um, And then, of course, the doctor shoots at it, which does nothing because it's a blob. Um, Yes. So Steve and Jane arrive at the doctor's office so that they can tell him what's going on. And when they knock, nobody answers. All the lights are out. They think, okay, well, maybe they went home because no one's here. So he goes around back to, like, he wants to see if the doctor's car is gone from the garage. And we get this very, very quick moment of the doctor being eaten by the blob through the window Mm -hmm. and it's if you like blank you miss it it's very quick because i was literally typing something down and i missed it and i had to go back um but i was when i was doing my research um i saw that that was actually like a pretty long scene that they shot for that but because it was the 50s they thought it was too far so they had to cut it down and they cut it down to basically nothing um, so we could have had a really cool scene of him just being completely swallowed whole by the blob, but
1: you don't really see much. You really just like kind of yeah. see through the blinds, mm-hmm. like a blob-like mass, and like I don't think you can see a person. No, but it's just, just a lot of, of movement and yelling, and you're like, okay, I guess someone's being right.
0: attacked. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, I'm glad that at least in the '80s version, we get such good practical effects and so much blob oh my action. God. I can't wait to do that eventually. Um, but, so yeah, he, like, obviously freaks out. They go to the police station where they find Dave and Jim and some other guy who's just, like, there's a whole, like, weird subplot where he's just playing chess with, like, someone over the radio. Oh, Richie? Yeah, I don't, there's no point to it. He's just playing Well, I chess. actually
1: thought, I thought that gag was really funny because, like, the whole thing is like when they're introducing jim who's really the only other important cop because like mm-hmm. richie's kind of just there playing chess um they like are kind of like not even mocking him but like a little like making fun of him but also just like him talking about how he plays chess every night and blah, 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 blah like by himself um and um then it's kind of like they ignore it they go through the rest of the scene and after they leave because they're like um the Steve and Jane come in and are like The doctor's dead we gotta go check it out And you get the whole gym like not believing them Very killing mm-hmm. clowns They leave and then Richie gets on the radio Which he wasn't on before And he starts like saying like It almost sounds like code words <laughs> So like there's this moment Of being like is he like calling for help Like is this like police And maybe it's me being an idiot and not knowing police lingo Or chess lingo I think it like, might
0: be that but also I, I think that was the point
1: Right I think it's they, a combo. They, they, ca- they counted on me being stupid. Yeah. <laughs> um. But then it's like, cause they're just like showing his face, and then like somebody on the other side of the radio like sends back like another like something that sounds like a code or lingo, and then they like pan down, and it's like it was like a chess move because like Richie's actually playing chess with somebody over the radio and just like yeah. moving the pieces for them, and I thought it was like a funny silly gag of being like, oh my god, are they calling him back up? And it's like, no, we're just just playing chess.
0: Yeah, I guess that's fun. I don't, I mean, it's just, there's so many little things like that throughout the movie that feel very 50s, and, yeah. like, I don't, I don't need it, but it's also, like, not, I'm not mad about it, it's just there. Well, and you I'm say like, you okay. don't need
1: it, but also, like, it was made in the 50s, so if it's gonna be in there, like.
0: Right, it's just, it's something that doesn't uh, forward the plot at all, so it's not, like, a necessary joke to have, but, like, it's fine, you can have it there, I can take it or leave it. <laughs>
1: yeah I mean I think it's like one of those things in general like kind of you're talking about like in the 50s like you don't get as heavy and as dark stuff in Mm -hmm. a horror movie as you would now or like something like that I think in today if I got Mm -hmm. that I'd be like unless I was watching like a horror comedy I'd be like what the fuck why did they do that but even like I will will stand by this joke because I think it is like a silly joke and even beyond it being silly I did it did because maybe it was because I was watching it like one in the fucking morning and I was like maybe, like, not even fully conscious. But I was, like, I fully believe when he got on that radio. I was, like, damn. Like, they're really getting to this. Like, they're gonna make sure this is handled. They're calling him back up. And then it was, like, mm-hmm. literally him playing chess. And I was, like, y'all got me. <laughs> fucking got me. I'm glad they
0: got you. Um. Ugh. But, yeah. So, I mean, when they arrive, they, like, they try to tell Dave and Jim about what's going on. And, you know, the cops just laugh at them. They're, like, oh, they think there's a monster out there. Um. Mm-hmm. But, Surprisingly, they still do go to investigate, which is the correct move. Um, so they go to the doctor's office. I mean, once office. again, killer
1: clowns. I mean, Dave and killer clowns is also struggling to believe them and he still goes with them.
0: Yeah. But like in this one, Jim also goes. So That's true. the sergeant even is like, okay, fine. Like I have to, like it's my job. I have to do it. Um, mm-hmm. So they go to the office, you know, it's, they find it the same way that they had found it before, which is, um, you know, dark. There's a door inside that is locked from the inside. They're just like trying to figure out like where the doctor is. They assume he's gone home. Suddenly Jane is like, "Where's the dog?" And I was like, "Yeah, bitch, where is the dog? What did you Literally. do with the dog?" Like they show her taking the dog with them from the house and then they and then they're suddenly like at the doctor's office and the dog's gone. And like, "What do you How do you lose a dog? What did right. you do with it?" But whatever, I digress. Um so they you know, they get the lights on. The sergeant somehow like finds a way into the locked room. And opens it from the inside. I... He goes out and he goes through the window. Okay, so he like opens the door. They find that it has been like ransacked. Everything's overturned, and of course they don't believe it. They think there's just, this is just a prank that Steve and Jane are pl- pulling on them. And then this old fucking woman, named Mrs. Porter, just oh my God. shows up like it's just your classic like nosy neighbor who just like this is a joke. I like this is a joke. That I think is funny that like I will I will take where she just shows up. She's in her pajamas. She has curlers in her hair. Like, nobody invited her. Nobody told her to do anything. And she's like, well, hi, everyone. Because
1: at the beginning of the movie, when we first get introduced to the doctor, he's on the phone with Mrs. Porter, like, yeah, but telling he's... her that he's leaving for the weekend and to, like, right. watch his place."
0: Okay. Okay, fine. Fair. But, like, she's still also very nosy. Uh, yes. Um, and she comes over, and she's like, don't worry. Everything's fine. He's gone to a convention. Like, what are you doing? And she tries to clean up everything. Because she's just, like, an older, nosy woman next door. And they're, the yes. cops are like, please don't touch anything. Like, this is potentially a crime scene. We need to, like, you know, clean up. And we need to find fingerprints and dust and all this shit. And she was like, well, can't I just dust around the fingerprints? Which I thought was a clever little line I enjoyed. But she just, like, will not listen. She just wants to clean so badly and get them out of there and, like, have them go home. So it kind of, like, diffuses the situation of, like, okay he's at a convention, everything's fine, stop worrying, you know. She reminded me so much of just, like, and I'm sure anyone that's worked in customer service or
1: retail or whatever, like, knows this. Like, the old women Mm -hmm. then insist in a situation where, like, they're out of place, it's not their home turf, you know what you're doing, it's your job. No, 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 they know what's going on, they know what's best. Oh, yeah. And, like, to her credit, like, as I said, like, she is clearly friends with Dr. Mooney. I think it's what
0: his name is. Nope, yeah. Dr. Holland.
1: Why the fuck did I say Mooney? Who the
0: fuck I have is Mooney? no idea who that is.
1: <laughs> Literally, I'm on one, you guys. Um, it doesn't Jesus. matter. Anywho. Um, but, um, you know, she got a call from him whatever and, like, Essentially, they're convinced now that there's just like a break in, and she's like, mm-hmm. "Oh, he's gonna be so upset when he comes back to so a break in." But yeah, she's doing that whole thing the whole fucking time, where she's like, "No, no, 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 he wasn't here. He's already left." And of course, Steve is trying to be like, "No, he definitely was here. There's no way he left for his convention. When he, we brought this guy here, he didn't say anything to us." And she's like, "No, he's gone." And then anytime Steve brings anything up, he's like, "Well, like, go check if his car is here." She's like, "Well, it might still be here because you know he might drive with somebody else." Right? She has she's a, like,
0: like like a reason for everything. Oh my god, it's
1: like but then yeah. like the cleaning shit i was like oh my god like it is funny because it's like so ridiculous but then like literally dave like three different times is like you know miss porter like no no, no don't touch that we don't want you to touch it yet and she's like don't, she's like, don't you don't you worry about that you do your job right and, like find the criminal who you know broke in here and i'll do mine and clean up and he literally has to pick her up off the floor and be like miss porter this we cannot have you cleaning it we're gonna like You know, dust it for fingerprints and all this shit. Like, don't touch anything. And then, like, the line you were talking about, she's like, Can I just dust around the fingerprints? And he's like, You can do it tomorrow. Right. Like, relax. There's like such like those customers that are like, Well, well. And it's like, Uh Ma'am, I will break your spine. I will fucking kill you. Like,
0: get out. Get out. No, it reminds me of the scene in 21 Jump Street where Jonah Hill is shoe shopping with Dave Franco and his mom's friend comes over and she's trying to like talk to him she's like are you undercover and she's like trying to blow his whole cover and like ruin everything he's like you need to shut the fuck up right now like like, I'm gonna punch you in the face like shut up and she's just like yeah but and then he's like to like push her and that's what this woman reminds me of of like not not like getting her place and just like ruining fucking everything but not right where it's just
1: like it's innocent and they're not trying to be an asshole but it's just like you really are just like fucking everything up. Leave, right? So yeah, you you can take over now. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Okay, so after Miss Porter and her fucking bullshit, then we just meet these like two pointless random mechanics. It's kind of like your classic once again, very much like Killer Clown, where it's like now we're just gonna go through town and kill off random people. Um, So the blob can get redder and grow bigger Um, because there's like two mechanics working late at night, you know, shooting the breeze. One dude is like under the car. The other dude is like getting ready to leave. And, of course, we slowly see the blob sneaking up right out of view on the guy under the car. And the other guy leaves. The blob eats the guy under the car Um, back at the police station you know you get your whole like everything everything's kind of going like you expect it to at this point like oh they don't believe them and then because they're kids which something i noted is that like they're supposed to be teenagers and like i get in a lot of these movies like even today still in shows and movies where people are supposed to be teenagers they clearly do not look like teenagers like they clearly look so much older but steve literally looks like fucking 33
0: years old well he's 28 when he shot this film
1: like, he looks like a fully, like, adult-grown man. And I'm like, I'm sorry, so I to believe this guy is a teenager? Mm, I don't buy it. But they literally, um like, call their parents. Of course, Jane's father is like, you will never see my daughter again. And then, like, fucking Steve's father is just, like, cool as a breeze. He's just like, well, if my son says he didn't do anything wrong, I don't think he did. Like... So, you know, they go their separate ways, blah, 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 blah. Um, And then we get classic Jim truly going on his I hate the youths rampage. Like, I don't want to be a babysitter for these kids in this town anymore. Like, we could just keep saying over and over again how, like, this pulls from Killer Clowns. Like, obviously, I feel like they lean into it a lot in Killer Clowns by, one, making other, like, Dave becomes plays, like, a bigger role, I would say, in Killer Clowns. Because he's, like, truly with them the entire time. Um, And kind of also because I can't remember the character's name In Killer Clowns, but the shitty cop in Killer Clowns mm-hmm. Like, he plays much more of a hindrance on them Whereas, like, Jim in this one Is kind of just, like, preaching to no one About how he, like, doesn't want to be a part of this But he never really does anything that, like, har- harms them in any way Um, But anywho, yada, yada, yada Then we get a scene that I love And I think you really liked it as well Well, hold um, on, there's,
0: like, a moment where I think something happens in the scene that I think is very telling of just the police in this movie in general, and they continue to do it for a while, where after they send- Dave, like, sends the kids home. He's like, go back home, which, like, pisses Jim off, because he's like, why did you get rid of them? Like, I could have interrogated them. But Dave just keeps being like, eh, it's fine, we'll deal with it in the morning, I'm gonna go home. This is tomorrow's problem, and, like, it's- there's just no lack- there's such a lack of urgency- in so much of this movie, where they're just like, "It's fine. This I'll deal with it in the morning. It can wait." And it's like, "Can it?" Because they're saying the people are dying, and you're like, "It's fine." All right, that's the morning's problem. But they do that like four more times. But that's the first I mean, yeah. moment where they're just like, "Yeah, whatever. We'll leave it." Because they're like, you know, even with the doctor being like, mm-hmm. oh,
1: we'll just wait. We'll, like, call his hotel and have them, like, call have tell him to call us when he gets there. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, if he's dead, he's never going to get there. And what killed him is going to keep killing. So it it's works. like, maybe you should try to figure this out now.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
1: but back at home, um, essentially the couple has already decided they're each going to sneak out of their respective houses and, like, meet up with each other. So we see Jane sneaking out of her house And we meet her cute little brother, Danny, who's, like, sneaking out behind her. And then, of course, he does the classic, you know, talking too loud. She's like, shh, what are you doing? Like, go back to bed. And, girl, you already know. (laughs) He had the cutest little teddy bear with these big old googly eyes. And I said, ooh, I would die for you. Um... And then I think there was a line here that I'm sure you would like to talk about because I think you really liked it. Um, I did.
0: It's my favorite line.
1: In which after she's like, he's like,
0: I'm not afraid. Like, I'll
1: guard you. And she's like, no, stay here. Guard mommy and daddy. I'm leaving.
0: Well, there's a few things about this scene that just, like, I was very lost about. One, she's done a full wardrobe change at this point. Because she was wearing this, like, I mean, it's 50. So they're wearing, like, the big, like, dresses with the big ball gown like that goes out and it's like all the way up to their neck and she was wearing this like really pretty like yellow checkered like dress the whole movie and now she's wearing a blue dress like she just like she goes home she puts on a different like very fancy outfit to sneak out this is
1: her blob hunting outfit Alex yeah.
0: I thought it was just very 50s to be like I must have a wardrobe change um, but also this little boy I'm sorry he's an awful actor he's so bad He's a fucking toddler. <laughs> I don't care. Can we talk about Andy Barclay being an amazing actor? I mean, yes. A.K.A. Alex Vincent. But, yeah, he's just, like, he talks too loud. He has this, like, weird accent. It's, like, New York. Because he's like, oh, gotcha! And it's just, like, it's, it's like, rebel without a cause. It's really weird. Um, but she's, like, the way that she tries to get him to go back to bed is by promising to bring him a dog, which I'm like, listen... I get that, like, we don't know what happened to this old man, but you can't just take the dog. Like, you can just promise the dog to him. Like, that's very strange. Um, and he's like, oh, my gosh, a dog. What's his name? And she says, you can name him anything you want. And just so genuine. I just, I think my favorite lines that come from kids are just the most genuine, strange lines. Like, right. in dolls, where she's like, do you trust kids? Where so since like, just without missing a beat, he goes, can I name it William <laughs> and, uh, like, uh, I love it. I think I have to name a future dog William because it's so stupid. Right. William. It's just so very, like, proper. And it's not even like Will or Billy. Like, I want to name him William. Uh, so cute. It just, kids are stupid and I love them. <laughs>
1: Well, it's one of those things in general where it's just, like, one, the whole bit where it's, like, if you name an animal, like, a human name, it's
0: always so strange and funny. Like, can I name this cat Robert? Hey, my cat name like, named Bruce. We, we did not name Bruce, just to be clear. Bruce came to us already named. But he's Bruce. I love that. But the best part of the
1: fucking William line is after he's like, can I name it, William? She's like, you know, sure, whatever. And he starts to go back up to his room. And in very much, again, very kid fashion, he does that shit where he's like, aw, I don't like William. Which, oh, know, I didn't hear that. I think so I was laughing hard. too
0: hard about the fact that he wanted to name him William. But
1: it's such a little kid thing to be like, randomly like pick a random fucking name, right? And everyone's like, sure, I don't care what you fucking name it. Like, and then, like, immediately, like, in your own little kid head, being like, wait, I don't like that name. But I've already announced that I want to name it that. <laughs> I'm stuck with this name. And it's like, you're not, though. Like, you can name – and so having to be like, wait, I don't like William. And it's like, you can name it whatever you want. Just go the fuck to sleep. That's great. Um. But, yes, then – you get Steve sneaking out Jane's already out there Waiting for him And then they kind of get This very melodramatic 50s kind of scene Where like Steve And like I mean it's not even particularly 50s But it's just like melod- There is some melodrama to it As well as like It is like you know You've seen a million times Where it's like Steve starts questioning himself Right? Because like mm-hmm. before this night They'd never dealt with Something like this Like they were just Out on the fucking Top of the hill kissing Like they weren't expecting This shit to happen where, you know, he starts questioning, he's like, listen, like, I know, and almost like running through the entire plot of the movie up until that point, being like, well, I know that I saw the meteor, and I know that I saw the old guy, We took him to the doctor, and blah, 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 like, kind of questioning, like, did I see the doctor get attacked by something, though? Mm -hmm. And then, like, Jane is a real one, though, because she's, like, being a supportive queen because she's like, listen, like, you said you saw it, like, you know, I believe you, and he's like, but what if, like, I think I saw it, but I didn't? You know, because like, you know, stuff like that happens all the time. Like if you know, if you catch something in the right flicker of light or whatever, you know, the most perfectly sane person can think they saw a UFO or whatever. And she's kind of just like, listen, I know who you are, I know the kind of person you are, and like I know that like if you said you saw it, like don't doubt yourself you saw it. And I'm like, oh, I love that. Yes, Queen of Support. Yes, girlfriend of the year. Um so then they like quietly push his, like, which, first of all, I wanted to make note. I yeah. feel like in the past couple of episodes that we've had, you've hated the cars that people are driving, whether <laughs> it be the Jeep in Tourist mm-hmm. Trap or the little jalopy, whatever the fuck you want to call it.
0: The in toy dolls. car and dolls. Yeah. I, this car is beautiful. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a very nice 50s car. It, I wouldn't drive it today, car. but it's nice. What did you say about today? I said, I wouldn't drive it today. Personally. I would. I See, mean, I, I love listen, it. I think
1: it's gorgeous.
0: My time working at Boston Casting was primarily focused on me contacting people who owned vintage cars yeah. who wanted mm-hmm. to, who were agreeing for uh, to let us use their cars as background in the fucking finest hours, where, like, <sighs> my job was literally just to be like, come to the shoot on these days, this is the weather things, like, and people were so fucking annoying about their cars that- yeah. While I, like, think they're really pretty and I really respect the art of, like, keeping an old-fashioned classic car well-kept, I also don't care – I really don't care. I don't care about cars, like, in general. Like, good for you. Cool. But I have, like, this – just this kind of bad history with classic cars because I hated that internship. Um, well, that's the thing It's just like you know, I say I would like it, but it's just like I would
1: not do any of the maintenance on it. So like in no, the I end, think. it would just like fuck me having a car like that if I was like mm-hmm. rich and I had someone that I could hire that would like maintain the car for me and I could just right. take it out for a drive then fuck, yeah, I want that car. Um, <clears throat> but anyways, like they get the car out of the garage silently by like pushing it. And they're like, you know okay, what's the plan? And they're like we gotta like warn people, but like how the how the hell are just two of us gonna warn people? And then of course, Steve is like, well, let's go get my boyfriend and his friends from the movie theater. Um, So they drive off to the spooky show. They like interrupt the movie like being obnoxious people. So of course, everyone else in the audience is like literally shut up. Like there's this grumpy old dude that's like get out, which I love how they, they they love to set it up where it's like, oh, these people in the movie theater are being so rude. But it's like, no, you came in during a movie that people pay right. for and are, like, literally like, talking over it. Like, which, yes, I guess in the grand scheme of things, like, people's lives are in danger so they'll get over it. But, like, also, like, without anybody having that context, they're, like, literally, what are these teenagers doing yelling in the movie theater and leave? And I thought it was so funny because after they, like, managed to pull the bad boys and their crew out of the movie theater, um, which, like, they bring the, their gal pals with them as well mm-hmm. Um Tony is so funny because he's like um you made us waste our 80 cents mm-hmm. and I was like oh my god I mean obviously clearly it's the 50s so uh, movies were a different price then but it's just like one of those things again where it's just like it's so dated obviously so but it was like oh my god if a movie was 80 cents I mean you and me both I mean obviously because of the coronavirus we have not gone to the theater in a very long time
0: mm-hmm. um but well, I've been to like, the theater, but I didn't pay for it, because... We went to a private screening. We, we got people in high you. places who will let me watch movies in a theater by myself. Okay, rub it in, Alice. I mean, um, listen, I thought the line was funny, but also from seven years of experience of having every fucking old person think they're the funniest person on the planet Earth for saying, oh, I remember when movies were a quarter, and I'm like, shut up. Shut up. Good right. for you. Shut I'm also up.
1: saying it like, you know, I... I would love if movies were still that oh, cheap. Oh, of course. We don't live in a world where they can be. No. But like yeah, also from like working in the box office and having people be like, oh my God. I remember like we need twenty five cents and I'm like, good, go back to the fucking stone ages because the price of the ticket is eleven dollars. Pay up or get the fuck out.
0: Right. My favorite was when uh we had the movie The Trip to Italy. And at that time we senior tickets were nine dollars and the amount of people who would say, Two seniors, a trip to Italy, and I'd say eighteen dollars and they'd go, That's the cheapest trip to Italy I've ever heard. I can't tell you how many people made that joke. And I had to go, (laughs) Yeah, every time with my customer voice.
1: It was soul-crushing anytime people would do shit like that, but also mm-hmm. so fun anytime we would get a new movie in, and it would kind of just be like all of us being like, okay, like, what do you think the one line is going yeah. to this one? Like, what do you think people are going to say for this? And it's like, without fail, it was mm-hmm. just spot on every time. Mm-hmm. Um, but then this is where it was like totally solidified for me that I was like, okay, Tony and Steve are in love. Like I need these two motherfuckers to kiss because like literally Steve starts talking. And like kind of like all the other people in the group are like, Oh, what the hell are you talking about? And without missing a beat, Tony is like, Hey, shut up. Go ahead, Steve. What were you saying? Like adamantly, like no questions asked. I will believe anything Steve tells me. I'm going along with it. God, you know what? Fuck it. My eighty cents doesn't mean anything. My boyfriend is talking. Like I desperately wanted these two to be lovers like i'm sorry but like where was the chemistry between steve and jane nowhere to be seen the chemistry
0: between tony and steve palpable i feel like you have a really specific talent of being able to make everything homoerotic um thank you welcome um i don't know how i make everything homoerotic i feel like you don't but i feel like you could
1: oh i mean yeah i mean if I was put to the task. I mean, if anyone out there has a job for me, just in general, please, I'm desperate to be employed. Um, But also, if you specifically have a job for me in which my entire job is making your uh, movie or TV show or whatever homoerotic, um, please call me. I'm available (laughs) and I'm ready to give you the best work I've ever done in my life. Um, But then, so then they go, so everyone, she's like, on board now, like, this is the plan. Like, Um, we gotta go around to everyone in town and like tell them what's going on and make them believe so then we kind of just get like these like quick cuts of like people breaking off in twos kind of like in couples and shit like that like going around to people in town like Tony and the girl he's with end up at some like party of this like rich drunk guy who's just kind of like making fun of them the whole time two of the other boys like stumble across like a couple kissing in the woods Mm -hmm. Um, it's just like a bunch of that shit of people running around like once again nobody believing them so then um while this is happening we also get the triumphant return of the dog who we'll call william i guess because like randomly he's outside a store which i guess steve says is his father's store yeah like which doesn't have any doesn't play any part in the movie doesn't matter um but they find the little dog they pick him up um they go searching through the store because when they pick the dog up, they're like, wait, the store's unlocked. And Mr. Winnemeyer, who I guess is the dude that closes the store, like, always locks it and blah, blah, blah. So, of course, they investigate. They find – I don't think they find his body. They just, like, essentially, like, assume that he's like, they find his broom or some shit. And they just assume that he's been eaten. And then here comes the blob, rolling in hard. <laughs> so, that's, of course, the uh, – They lock themselves in the freezer. Mm -hmm. But, oh, no, what happens first, this pissed me off, I'm sure it got you too, was just, like, after this whole fucking shit with the dog, of having the dog, then losing the dog, and her being so fucking pressed and stressed the whole time, up until they just found him, being like, where's the dog? I hope the dog is okay. And it's just like, well, you didn't keep a close eye on him. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Right. Now she has the dog in her arms again, sees the blob, and, like, obviously, you know, gets scared. But like in the process of getting scared, she like not only does a dramatic like tumble backwards, but like throws the fucking dog.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And which like, okay, once again, even I was gonna give you leeway on that, like, oh, it was a jump, you know, reaction, couldn't help it, doesn't go get the dog. No. Like just runs off with Steve. They're in the freezer, and then I'm just sitting there the whole time. Like, so they're gonna talk about the dog because the dog's barking for this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And as they're in the freezer, like, then you get the whole thing where like the blob is trying to like seep in under the door, and they're like, "Oh, what are we gonna do? We're trapped." And then you see the blob like recede back because it doesn't like the cold. Which they don't they don't get that immediately. They're just they, they like, don't say anything about it. Like they literally see it try to seep in, seep out. It doesn't click for these motherfuckers until later for yeah. some reason. Um. But so then Jane's like, you know, wait, the dog's out there. And Steve's like, you know, it's kind of fucking too late for that. Like, we're already locked in the freezer. Yeah.
0: Like, honestly, like, what'd you say? He's pretty much like, dog is dead. Deal with it. Right. Which, like,
1: granted, like, is, like, painful. But at that point, it's like, listen, like, this is on Jane. Because, like, it'd be one thing if she was grabbing the dog on the way in. But, like, Steve is not wrong. It's like, we are now pinned in this freezer. Like, If we're leaving, it's to, like, fully make a run for it. It's not to stop for the dog. And I'm seeing someone who, like, would truly sacrifice themselves for an animal, even a stuffed animal, as we've discussed previously. Um, I never would have
0: gone into that freezer without the dog. That's
1: the thing in the first place. It's just, like, bitch, you literally, not only threw the dog, but then, like, it... You're, you're thinking of this far too late. So I don't want to hear your fucking sobbing about how, like, we eat the dog, the dog. Girl, if you actually cared about the dog, you would have been on top of this shit. Like, enough. So luckily, though, what happens is, like, they, they time it right. They, like, manage to sneak out of the freezer, run out of the store, not get eaten by the blob. They meet up with everybody right outside the store again. And, like, you know, Jane's, like, so fucking upset about this dog. And they're, like, oh, well, we just saw the dog run down the street. It's fine. She's, like, oh, thank God. And it's, like, yeah, girl, because you're doing so much to protect this animal. Like, you're dumb. I hate you. I don't want you to date Steve. I want Tony to date Steve. Um, But so, at this point, they're, like, you know, everyone's regrouping, being, like, you know, nobody believed us. Like, blah, blah. Well, Steve's, like, you know, then there's only left thing we can do is like make everybody like listen to us or whatever um and so they begin to enact their plan to
0: do that do you want to bring us through to the end Alex? yeah sure so their plan is to pretty much just wake up everybody in town by driving around with their car horns like going fucking crazy mm-hmm. um and you know of course people are calling the police they're like what's going on everything's a mess um so people you know they get up there's one really like quick gag about like i i don't know if it's because the car horns are going off or if there's like a like a siren that happens but this man like gets up and he's like trying to put on his uniform for an air raid
1: and well, then they're he... literally
0: playing like an air raid siren yeah and then so he's like getting ready for like the fucking bombs to drop and he's putting on an air raid outfit and then he hears the fire trucks and then he's like grabs his fire helmet and he's like which one do i wear um so it's, it's very weird so everyone's just waking up Wait, can I make a quick note? Yeah. That the old couple in that scene, which
1: is so 50s, is sleeping in separate beds in the same room. Are they? Room. Yes. They're literally each sleeping in, like, a little twin bed, which, something when I was growing up, which, like, it, it isn't weird, but I didn't even think about it until I got a little older, is my grandparents, my mother's parents, mm-hmm. who I love, we were very close to, we were at their house all the time, they slept in separate beds. But it wasn't anything like that. It was solely because I'm pretty sure there was parts of their life where they did sleep in the same bed, Um, but it was because my grandfather and I know this from having to sleep in the same room with him at times. Snored like literally as if you threw like rocks into a fucking like blender. Mm -hmm. Like it was like horrific. Um, So my grandmother was like, "I'm not sleeping with it. Like I cannot do it anymore." So, but the difference is, like, in this, it's, like, they're sleeping in the same room. So, this is clearly about, like, you know, like, oh, it's indecent to have, two people sleeping in the same bed together. Um, Where, like, with my grandparents in real life, it was literally, like, my grandfather slept upstairs in a separate bed in a separate room. And my grandmother slept in, like, the master bedroom. That's so
0: funny because that's how my parents have been and still currently are at their house in New Hampshire. They both have separate bedrooms. I think a part of it is because they – don't like each other um (laughs) which is fine um but also like my mother like my bedroom when I lived at home was the probably the farthest you could get from her bedroom like across the house and I could hear her at night she is like unwell with how fucking deep she snores and so my parents also have separate bedrooms like 90% because my mother is a fucking monster so I get that and I respect it
1: I feel like also, though, in recent years, it's kind of, like, too, and not hugely, but I feel like I've definitely seen people talking about it or whatever, where it's just, you know, almost, like, normalizing to a degree, like, Mm -hmm. even when you are a couple or, like, married or whatever the fuck you are, like, having separate bedrooms, not saying that I would want that or whatever. I don't think there's anything wrong with it either way, but just because, like, you know, obviously when you get married or you share a space with somebody and, like, then having your bedroom, which for a lot of people, like, I know personally, like, my bedroom is my my safe space, my space to have time to myself and be alone, Mm -hmm. like, so, like having that or then because I definitely see people be like oh well it's really fun to have separate bedrooms because like even if you are married or a couple or whatever because like you get your own private space to do whatever the fuck you want with it but then like you can have sleepovers <laughs> in the same house and blah blah, blah. and it's kind of made me think I'm like obviously it's down the road for me but I'm like should I make my husband have a separate bedroom than me <laughs> like because then it would be like I would be like I'm sorry like I need space in my room but then I'd also be the bitch that's like constantly in my husband's bedroom all the
0: time I don't hate like, that Like, what are you idea. doing? Do you want to hang out? I mean, I feel like that's how Greg and I live, but, like, my, I take the bedroom and he takes the living room for the most part, mm-hmm. but, I mean, even if I was living in this kind of situation where, like, Greg and I had separate beds, I still want my fucking queen bed, because I'm not going back to a twin. Oh, I out. mean, I would not go back to a twin. No, never. So, like, I feel like that's the biggest part of it for me, is that, like, that that bed is so small. No. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. But... Anyway, so, yes, they have pretty much essentially woken the neighborhood up so they can get everybody up so that they can protect them. You know, the cops are getting a bunch of calls. We go to Jane's house. We, her parents discover that she's gone. They also think that her brother, Danny, is gone. And they find him sleeping on the couch with his teddy bear. And he was like, I'm guarding you. And it's so cute. Mm-hmm. Um, so everyone in town, they all somehow converge at the store, at his father's store. They mm-hmm. all just like,
1: they gather just said, no, there, no,
0: there. Um, and so Steve is like trying to warn everybody. He's trying to explain. The cops show up, and like luckily, he's able to convince Dave of what's going on. And Dave is like, okay. So he starts to take over. He's trying to get everybody to go home. He's trying to you know settle everything down. Say. We have a situation going on. I need you all to go home. I want you to, you know, tune into your radio stations. We'll keep you updated on that. But, like, lock your doors, stay safe, which is the correct thing to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then in this moment, he asks the fire department if they have guns. And they're like, yeah, we got a few. And I just felt that, found that very strange. Because, I mean, I could be wrong, but my father worked as a firefighter for 25 years. And I Mm -hmm. don't think they have guns at fire departments. Neither do I. Because firefighters don't need guns. <laughs> I they can have imagine have like a like, big fighter fire like, and <laughs> shooting it. Yeah, they have hoses. They they I mean, firefighters also like rarely even fight fires. Like most of the time they're doing paramedic work and like, you know, diving and going to like accidents and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um so I felt that was very strange to be like, Where are your guns? No, what? So it's just, again, like, this obsession with guns in this movie.
1: Um, well, I made note, too, that the firefighter mm-hmm. that's kind of, like, the lead dude and the guy mm-hmm. that, like, Dave is talking to literally is dressed like a clan member. <laughs> like, course. he literally, like, and I've seen, like, you know, I feel like it's not really common to see, like, your classic, like, red firefighter outfit. Like, so all the other firefighters are in these, like, black outfits, and, like, I feel like mostly in modern day you see, like, tan firefighter suits and shit like that or beige. But like this dude is in a fully white like literally like long ass firefighter jacket that could, you know, look like a fucking long white robe and the firefighter hat he has on has like this strange like pointed tip to it. So like literally I the first thing I said before he even spoke when I just saw him in the background, I was like, "Why is this firefighter dressed like a clan member? What the fuck is going on?" Cuz it's not like even everyone, I mean, I think we obviously look worse if all of them look like that. Right. But
0: like It's just random that this one dude is in this one white firefighter outfit.
1: For what reason?
0: I mean, I I also think it's strange in general that they were wearing, like, big outfits. Because, I mean, again, this is the 50s. It's also a movie trying to make sure that you understand that this is the fire department. But, like, unless they're going on a fire call, firefighters don't dress in the big fire outfits because it's really heavy. They wear, like, their, like, t-shirt that they have, like, with the department on it. And then, like, their pants and, like, their radio I mean I'm I'm just like very specific to this because I've grown up with like the fire department right. but it's just weird like there's no fire so they would I mean, not I'm sure it's
1: different Outfit wise, right. I mean, I don't really know what they wore in the fifties, oh, but no also, idea. like, to be fair as well, like they literally were setting off like a freaking air raid siren. But it so might have been like, you know, but the then again, the world's who, ending. I don't know
0: who did the siren. Who let off literally the siren, never siren? explained,
1: never because all you see when everyone gets to the grocery store is just like all the kids like in a circle in their cars beeping right. horns.
0: So who would do it? It doesn't make. Couldn't there's tell a lot you. of things in this that don't make sense, but. Anyway, we have now moved – as people are going home, we have moved back to the movie theater, which wh- – this is probably one of my favorite moments. Um, oh, this is, like, the classic blob yes. moment. So we're back at the theater. We move into the projection booth, which is, like, ugh, I love me a booth. It's so fun. Mm-hmm. I miss our booth. Um, yeah. And, you know, it's one of the small ones because it's, like, the digital projector. So you have your, proje- your projectionist working the film, and – through the vent comes the blob and it, you know, it slowly creeps in and it eats our projectionist up, eats them all up. Yum, yum, uh, And then he, of course, it eats everything in the booth. So it eats up the projector, which causes the film to stop. And then it starts to seep out of the booth windows down into the theater so fun. So scary. It's, like, so Love satisfying.
1: It. It's, like, mm. if you were on Snapchat, have they ever recommended you those fucking videos that are, like, the so satisfying stories? Yeah. Which is, like, people doing all that shit. Oh, my God, I watch them to fall asleep sometimes. But literally when it's, like, pushing through the little, like, projection room mm-hmm. windows, there's, like, four of them or some shit. Mm-hmm. Like, when it's, like, seeping through the opening, oh, my God, it's, like, so
0: fucking satisfying (laughs) i just want to like squeeze it i know i really it's it's a texture you want to squeeze but you're not supposed to right it's hard um so you know of course everybody freaks out everyone starts running out of the theater there's chaos of everyone trying to exit people are like running and falling down and stepping on each other um you know of course everybody then goes to the theater because they want to see what's going on the cop is like, don't go in there. It's awful. And as that happens, the blob just pours out of the front doors. It's this like massive fucking blob. Now it's grown so big because it's eaten so so many people. It looks a lot like jam. It's great. It's mm. bright red. Danny Ooh. fucking shows up out of nowhere. And well, that has, like, scene
1: when it's coming out of the theater mm-hmm. too is like that is like the classic. Oh, yeah. blob clip. Like in any time you've seen it, or like I feel like I feel like they talk. It's they use it in Greece. I feel like or some movie, where they're going to the movie theater, they're going to the drive-in, like, that clip of, like, the blah, but it's, like, it's, like, seeping out of the theater, like, is the clip you always
0: see from this Yeah, movie. it's, like, it's, like, the the blood coming out of the elevators in The Shining. Yeah, literally, literally. Yeah. So, Danny shows up, and he has what I'm assuming and hoping is a toy gun, because... Yeah, because he had the yeah. toy gun on his lap when his parents okay. found him on the couch. So, sweet, sweet Danny comes up. He tries to shoot this massive blob with his toy gun and then of course when nothing happens he throws the gun into the blob so good so cute and Mm -hmm. takes off um so now the the gang you know jane steve and dave or not dave danny they all run into the diner together to escape the blob and it you know it immediately starts i don't know why it's directed specifically at them but sure so it attacks the diner it starts to get through the cracks um you know inside the diner is like the fucking like owner and then i think a waitress Mm -hmm. and maybe one other person it's like a couple people are in there um so dave calls the diner so that he can you know tell them what's going on and they decide that they're going to drop a power line on the blob which has now completely consumed the diner so The Mm -hmm. diner is just... The blob has eaten the diner, essentially. Um, So they cannot escape through any windows or any doors. So they're like, we're going to drop this power line onto the blob to electrocute it. So I need all of you guys to go to the cellar and, like, be out of, like, the blast zone, essentially. Mm -hmm. So they all go downstairs. Fucking Jim, like, shoots the power line and it falls and it zaps the blob. It's not great graphics, but what can you expect? Okay.
1: I love these graphics.
0: You loved them? Yes, that's what I'm gonna
1: <laughs> say. Not because I thought they were like, oh my god, like shit from the '80s that we love, mm-hmm. but it was like literally like hand drawn. Was it? Like, go back and look at it. It literally looks like it's hand drawn, which I wouldn't be surprised, being the
0: '50s. Yeah, that makes
1: sense. But it literally is like this hand drawn like image of like the d- little diner car, which I love the gooey blob on top of it and then these like electric zaps it literally looks like something out of like a fucking cartoon like an old hand drawn movie and like obviously you know oh, to today, today's standards it doesn't look good it doesn't look real mm-hmm. but I almost found it like strangely I don't want to use the word beautiful because I feel like that's like really intense but for lack of a word like it was like really pretty and really beautiful just to see because I feel like in general with any kind of drawings and shit not drawings cartoons and shit like that now now a lot of shit is hand-drawn mm-hmm. like i love hand-drawn oh, yeah. animation like shit like fucking thumbelina and all that good-ish but it's just like it just like giving that one clip of it i was like oh,
0: she's beautiful okay i love I the blob it she's
1: gorgeous
0: <laughs> um so surprising not um it does not work Nothing happens, except it somehow sets part of the diner on fire. Yeah. I don't want to get into the logic of that, because that doesn't make any sense. You know? I mean, I guess
1: it could. If you drop a power line on something, it could catch something on fire. Yeah,
0: but if the blob is completely covering it, and it does nothing to that the blob, how would it do anything to the the item inside the blob?
1: Well, uh, well, to be fair, the blob drives off heat.
0: Because they do talk the about, heat. like,
1: oh, we got to get it done now because the sun's coming out. Okay. And it's going to, like, thrive in the warmth. So maybe okay, the blob sure. isn't affected because it likes the heat. How the do they know that? How do who know? I mean,
0: I have no idea. I, I Well, actually, <laughs> I do know. Because hmm. I'll let you keep going and then I'll tell you how I know. Okay. Um, so, you know, they're like, ah, damn it, that didn't work. So they all kind of just prepare to die, basically. Uh, everyone is being so fucking chill about this. Like, oh, I know the firefighter, all the cops, they're just standing there, like very casually talking like nothing is going on. Like they're trying to decide what to have for dinner. Um, So the owner of the diner is the only one who's actually doing something. So he's like takes his fire extinguisher and he tries to put out whatever fire has started into the basement. And he gets some of it on part of the blob that has, you know, seeped its way down the cellar and it starts to retract and leaves. Finally, they have this aha moment of like, oh, shit the cold it doesn't like the cold spray it with the extinguisher because like it'll go away so they start spraying at it and this part again just the logistics killed me they're downstairs in a cellar with Mm -hmm. the door shut and steve just starts like yelling upstairs so that people on the other line line can hear him telling them like it doesn't like the cold you need to have a fire extinguisher and they can Mm -hmm. hear like clear as day like he's right on the phone and he explains everything, but, like, this is the cold. I need everyone to get together. I need you to find CO2-specific fire extinguishers. It's, like, brutally specific. Um, so the entire, the last, like, bit of this film is just everyone together, because the rest of their gang has re-arrived, you know, they're back, Tony mm-hmm. and all of them. Um, so they all decide to go to the, the high school, because they know there are, like, 12 fire extinguishers in the high school. And they break in. So a bunch of people just, like, disperse. They find a bunch of fire extinguishers. They all spray the diner with the fire extinguishers. Again, like, the stakes are incredibly low. Nobody gives a shit that, like, these people are inside this diner. They're just like, oh, yeah, go get him. Okay. Like, to be fair, the you're the boys you love. They're hustling. They're moving. Because Tony's boyfriend is in there. <laughs> but, like, the people in charge are just, like, very nonchalant. Super it's like one super of those chill. Things
1: where it's just like, I guess to a degree, like, what are they gonna do? Like, how do they even fight this force? So like, what right. is the use? I guess of like getting worked up but I think to a degree also because like in a lot of horror films or just shit in general when there's like a huge monster crisis like this we're right. so used to people being like oh my god what the fuck are we gonna right. do blah, blah, blah. to have them kind of just like well this is a matter of fact situation this is
0: our yeah. options uh, it's almost like jarring to be like oh why are they not right. freaking out right cause I could see even like in real life like if you're not panicking at least you can see like a level of shock of like being kind of paralyzed by like Fear yeah. and surprise and not knowing what to do. But they're just really acting like nothing is going on. Um, But, you know, everyone is spraying the diner enough that the blob retracts enough that they can escape out the cellar window. So now they're all safe and fine. And Dave, again, I'm just going to suspend my disbelief here. Dave calls the Air Force and he explains what's happening. And they pretty quickly agreed to send over a like a helicopter or a plane or something and they're like we're gonna come we're gonna take it we're gonna pick it up and we're gonna drop it in the arctic so that it's always cold problem solved it will never be a problem again so then the last moment oh and then the last line of the film is um them saying like oh we're taking it as long as the arctic stays cold And then we see a moment of, like, it happening and being dropped into the Arctic. And it says, the end, question mark? Which I was like, are you implying climate change? Because you're correct. You were so on the nose. Wow. You knew. And you didn't do anything
1: about it. (laughs) But, yes. The sun thing that I was talking about is, like, I'm pretty sure when Dave is on the phone with the Air Force or whatever. Because, like, trying to get them there as soon as possible. Because he's, like – because it cuts to, like, him on the phone with them and, like, all the people spraying the fire extinguishers. Him being like, you know, we don't have that much time. Like the sun will be out soon, which will then thaw it and like okay. make it warm again. So like that's the point when he's like kind of putting together like, cold is good, warm is bad. Okay. So yeah, that's uh, that's the blob man, blob nineteen fifty eight. And mm-hmm. now that we've gone through the plot, uh, you kitties know what time it is. It's time for our cue and sleigh. <laughs> Yeah. Alex. (laughs) um, Uh, Yeah. Oh, my God. Do I even have the questions? Yes, I do. I know Um, them. Don't worry. Oh, my God. The way that your mind is just a steel
0: trap. (laughs) Trust me, it's not. I spent a long time today on my couch just going, what were the questions that we ask? (laughs) And just, like, trying really hard to remember. Do you want to start or should I start? I'll start. Um, Okay. So, let's see. What was your favorite line in this film? Favorite line.
1: Well, that's a hard one. That's a hard one. Um, I don't want to steal yours. So I'm pretty sure I know what yours I, is. I have another to. one if you want to take mine. It's okay. I I, I do have a few because, like, I brought some up. Like, obviously, I love the – can I name him William? Because mm-hmm. it's so random and such, like, a childlike line. Mm-hmm. I already brought up the whole, like, I thought it was really funny when he's like, you made us please start 80 cents. Mm-hmm. Um, but one that I think, like, kind of, like, more in like, a horror realm of, like, being a good horror line uh, rather than just, like, a silly funny line is Mm -hmm. the last line which you just talked about. Which was, as long as the Arctic stays cold, dot, dot, dot. Because, like, obviously they put the whole question mark at the end where they're, like, what if it didn't? Like, kind of being, like, almost science fiction-y, but now, like, science fiction is our fucking reality all the time. So it's almost, like, painfully laughable now to be, like, LOL, yep. Because global warming is real, bitch. And mm-hmm. the blob is going to fucking destroy us all. Honestly, the way that 2020 is going, if the blob just, like, happened, I wouldn't even be
0: shocked. I wouldn't be shocked. Honestly, if that's the way we go, I would take that over a lot of other possibilities. Right. The fucking blob. I'll deal with it. That is a good line. I do I do like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I also had a few, like, obviously the William line has a special place in my heart. I also really loved every time they said spooky show. Um, but a line that stuck out to me, and it wasn't even, like, I, I wouldn't even say I like this line, but it's a line that made me, like, roll my eyes and shake my head, but, like, laugh, was it was early on when everyone is, they've gone to go look at the comet, like, f- the three boys, Steve and Jane, mm-hmm. um, and they, they're, like, it's after they're tossing around the comet pieces, and they hear a dog barking, and oh wait <laughs> Jane, Jane says let me find it. I wrote it down um uh, da, da, da. where the fuck did I put it oh I also do love the can I dust around the fingerprints line that is quite a good line mhm oh my god I can't even find it anymore I'm gonna have to just improvise um
1: I'm pretty sure so I know the line you're talking about he
0: they hear the dog barking and Jane goes oh there must be a house nearby and one of the I don't know which of the boys says it it's Mooch mooch he goes yeah it doesn't sound like a house it sounds like a dog yeah i it's like such a stupid boy line of like them trying to be fucking cute that mm-hmm. i was like okay it's kind of funny but fuck off right it doesn't sound like a house i was like Ugh. so th- that is my answer it doesn't sound like a house it sounds like a dog okay
1: um so question number two, Alex, mm-hmm. who would be your partner in crime or in, in any capacity if you were in this movie?
0: Um, William. <laughs> the dog? Yes, the dog, 100%. Incredible. I don't need. I don't need a person. I don't need any of these dumb men. I just need the dog.
1: And I think I could depend on you to not throw the dog into the block. Oh, so.
0: I would protect that dog as if he were born of my body. Incredible. Incredible. Mm-hmm. We love to hear it.
1: Um, I think my partner would be, you know, it's really tempting to say that teddy bear. Um, I knew it. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I, Tony. Of course. Because not even because, once again, I wouldn't even want Tony to be my boyfriend or anything like that. Like, I would just want Tony to be, like, my bro. Like, because just the way in which he has Steve's back. Like, yes, at the beginning when he's, like, randomly just, like, fucking bullying Steve. Not even bullying. They're just, like, harassing him. mm mm-hmm. And then, like, immediately they just kind of forget all of that. And they're just like, no, no, no. It's- Tony's his best friend. And mm-hmm. his boyfriend. Um, but, yeah, I just, like, want that backup where he's like, everybody shut up. Go ahead. Say what you need to say. Like, I just, like, need that kind of, like, hype man, bodyguard energy in my life. So, definitely Tony is my
0: partner in this. I respect that. That's Thank that's a good you. good answer. Thank you. Um, okay, question number three. What is your favorite kill? Favorite kill.
1: I mean, the thing is, Todd's a hard one because I know. we don't see a lot of the kills mm-hmm. in this movie. Um, so I'm going to have to say,
0: I mean, probably The Projectionist. Yeah. I agree. Which is, is, that yours as well? It is. Just because, yeah, like you said, there's really not much, uh, the blob doesn't really have much screen time in general. Mm-hmm. And when it does, because they had to cut so much of it to like, have it not be upsetting, Mm-hmm. you don't really see the blob doing much. You kind of just see the after effects of, like, the person was there and now they are not there. Right. Um, so I think, yeah, I think the, the projection scene is the most effective because while you don't really see it happen, the blob takes over the entirety of that space. Mm-hmm. And so there's really no question that, like, that man is inside that blob now. Right. And just because of what it, like, becomes after, where it, it morphs into the rest of the theater and everyone that's like, panicked, that scene is just so good in general. I feel like that has to be the best of them all.
1: For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, okay, let's see.
0: Um, would
1: you survive this movie?
0: Well, um, considering that I would be the blob in this movie. Oh, there it is. Um, technically, I would be frozen in the Arctic waiting for my revenge. Well,
1: congratulations, because global warming has stalled you. I'm coming for you,
0: bitches. 2021,
1: girl, is going to be your year.
0: Thank you. I'm so excited. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But no, seriously, if I was a human being in the blob, I mean, I always think I would survive because I'm fucking full of myself. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, because I think I could outrun a booger. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know feel like I would I would be witty enough to figure out a way to make it cold and mm-hmm. escape I think I, I mean as long as it doesn't completely eat the universe I would survive
1: mm-hmm.
0: what about you absolutely not I would stick my hand in the blob <laughs> <hand> in. <laughs> 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 like
1: literally the absolutely consuming desire to just like touch it would kill me instantly <laughs> that's and why I, I would live because that.
0: i would watch you do it and see what happened to you and then go yeah not worth it and then i would survive i love that you'd be like "Dumb move Anya." see it as i'm like writhing on the ground like dying yeah, i like so you worth it it was you so touch squishy. it first you touch it let me tell
1: see how it feels and then let me know it would either be that or it'd be you the entire time being like anya don't touch it
0: (laughs) yeah if we were together i would make sure you lived because i wouldn't allow you to touch it
1: thank god for you
0: yeah you're welcome (laughs) thank you so much um god damn it what's our last question
1: our last question is if you could change one thing about this movie what would it be
0: yes you can answer first um tony and steve would be boyfriends incredible that would never happen. like literally like here's my
1: here's my pitch because the whole thing is, like, they can't figure out anything to kill the blob. Cold only stops the blob for as long as it's cold. doesn't kill it. Just, you know, freezes it. I think that the power of Tony and Steve's love, wow. if they were actually allowed to be together and kiss, would have killed the blob. Their their power of their love would have killed the blob. That's my pitch. You think a smooch would have done it? Yeah. And you know what? Because they're too pussy to try it, mm. we'll never know.
0: Wow. Homophobia has struck again. Homophobia will kill us all. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, good choice. I feel like I would enjoy that more than the chemistry between Jane and Steve, because there is mm-hmm. that much. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing I would change is just kind of what we've already been talking about. I would just love to see more of The Blob. I mean, I recognize that, you know, obviously the 80s version has some of the best practical effects I've ever seen. Correct. And it is just so creative and fun and wacky. And I'm sure that, you know, that 30-year gap is a big reason for it. But I'm sure that in the 50s they still could have done some really cool shit. Mm-hmm. And I would have really liked to have seen them go further with the blob. I'd love to have seen some kills. I would have loved to seen... You know the blob as it got bigger like i would have loved to see body parts inside of it people you know just mm-hmm. just anything else that they could have given me because i don't think that you get enough screen time for the title character not at all yeah. not so not at all. I, especially I, I would, if you have seen like.
1: the 80s one it's like jarring how little you see of the blob in this one
0: mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah because the blob is like the star it's i mean it's the same thing with like any big classic horror like That's, it's like having Nightmare on Elm Street and barely showing Freddy. Right, that's like, what would be the point? Yeah, like, I don't, I want to see the blob. I came for the blob. I want to see the blob do damage. Mm Mm-hmm. Let me see it, but. Right. You know, I, I understand all the reasons why they were a little bit more stingy, I guess, with its appearance. I'm sure also, for whatever the budget was, you know, they probably couldn't do much with it, but. Mm Mm-hmm. I would have liked it. You know, I always right. want more. I always, I would rather you go over the top than hold back too much. Yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's uh, my answer. Uh, so now that we have discussed the entirety of the film, what do you rate it?
1: What do I rate The Vlog 1958? I give this a solid dumb jock, three out of five, um, because, you know, for what it is, for being 50s movie, 50s horror movie, 50s B-horror movie, pretty good. Rating it overall in movies that I've seen And movies I love Because of the thing we really just finished talking about Like the little amount that you see of the blob And, and granted I get that I wasn't going to see The level of carnage perhaps That I was, I'm I'm used to I got that, but you know The blob takes a back seat Unfortunately it feels like for a lot of the film And because mm-hmm. of that I don't think I could At least maybe if I did another viewing Maybe I could feel differently But at least for this viewing I couldn't give it any higher than that
0: but 3 is pretty good.
1: 3 solid
0: dumb jock for me. What about you? Yeah, I agree 100%. I also give it 3 stars. Mm-hmm. I feel like for me when I do ratings from 1 to 5, I 3 is like if I think a movie is like good, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know? I feel like anything over 3 I really liked and anything under 3 I didn't like mm-hmm. particularly. So 3 is kind of that like neutral zone for me of like if something is like good, it's fine. I like it enough. It's three stars. And, yeah, everything that you said, I mean, for its status as a movie that really influenced a lot of things that I do really love, Mm -hmm. I have to give it, you know, props for doing it first and for setting this kind of precedent. But at the same time, you know, I can't give it four stars because it really didn't do anything that blew my mind. It didn't do anything that made me go, like, oh, wow, that was, like, so cool. So... Yeah, three stars. I liked it. I don't love it. I don't hate it. I recommend you see it for, you know, just horror history in general. And then mm. I highly recommend you go turn on the nineteen eighty eight version oh my with yeah. Shawnee Smith and give that shit five stars because that's a movie. That is a movie. Mm. Can't wait. Oh my oh. yeah, god, it's so fucking good. I know. I saw it. I've seen it one time at a at the. I think it was at the, the Coolidge Horror Halloween Marathon. Um, and it was, like, the third or fourth movie they showed. And I was just, like, fucking gobsmacked. I had never seen it. I didn't know anything about it. And I, it just, like, blew my mind. I remember my jaw was, like, on the floor at some of the shit that they did. Oh, my God. Yeah, so honestly, so good.
1: perfect double feature, it especially is. to start off your October, is original 1958 blob, and then I believe it's 1988 yes. um, for the remake. Mm -hmm. um perfect double feature um but yeah that concludes our full length episode um for october but don't be sad because this is only week one of our drops for october as we said this is us promising to you right now that at the very least for october we are dropping an episode every week um the next three will obviously not be full length i'm sorry we cannot spoil you fully but they will be mini so they're gonna be really really fun um And we'll see if we scatter anything else along the way. And we'll be plugging our social media, of course, at the end. But make sure you follow us on all our social media because we're going to be having a lot of fun there as well. Um, And I think that's it,
0: right? Yeah. I mean, have a wonderful October because, in my opinion, it is the best month of the year. Take advantage Mm -hmm. of the spooky season. Watch as many horror movies as you can. I mean, unfortunately, this year there's not a ton of, like, attractions you can really go to but a lot of places as Anya and I have talked about like in our own time there are a lot of drive-in kind of spooky things going on so take advantage you know carve pumpkins do spooky things enjoy the fall weather and tune in to our next episode yes make sure that you
1: keep your Halloween marathons going inside your homes eat some cider donuts, Mm, mm -hmm. dance to the Monster Mash, and as always, keep it creepy.
0: Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Girls Who Cried Be Horror. We want, as always, to thank those who've helped us get here. Without them, we would just be screaming about horror to each other instead of in a podcast form. So first, a big thank you to Bridget Garrity for creating our amazing artwork that we love. Please feel free to follow her and check out all of her other artwork on her Instagram at Bridget underscore Elizabeth XO support her. We love her literally Anya's sister. Um, a huge thank you also to Nathan Graham, who is our musically talented friend and created our intro music. Please support him on his Instagram at official blue caprice and check out all of his original music on Spotify. And lastly, thank you to my guy, Greg Vellante, for editing all of our episodes every month so we don't sound too stupid. Uh, feel free to check him out on Twitter at VellanteViews. Views. Mm-hmm. And if you are so inclined and you, for some reason, like me, and you want to follow me on social media, I don't post very often. I am much more of a lurker, but please feel free uh, if you want to check out an occasional photo of my cats. You can follow me on Twitter at Alex Branley.
1: And if you'd like to follow me on social media, please do. I love any form of validation. My Twitter is at agarrity15. My Instagram is at G-E-E-W-A-Y, the number four, and then ever. So that's G-Way forever. And if you want to keep up with everything I'm watching, you can follow me on Letterboxd, at agarrity15. Or you can just search my name, and I should be the only Anya Garrity that pops up. Uh, I give my hot takes on a lot of horror movies there, as well as non-horror cinema as well. And if you just can't bear the thought of social media accounts that don't have both of our presence, fear not. You can follow the Girls Who Cried Be Horror on Instagram at the Girls Who Cried Be Horror and Twitter at Girls Who Cried BH. You can also email us all your thoughts, opinions, and darkest secrets at thegirls who cried be horror at gmail.com. And don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Leaving written reviews really helps us out and helps the podcast out a lot and it only takes a minute so please do us this kindness and in return you will own a piece of our souls forever <laughs> you'll become a horcrux so thank you so much y'all and until next time keep it creepy <laughs> the girls who
0: cried be horror.